From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. And I just started craving that time of day where I could get creative, put the brush in my hand, you know, taking something abandoned and old and giving it a new purpose. And there's just something so therapeutic and cathartic that happens to me when I start working on a piece and transforming it back into something, you know, that will live a second life. So this is my heart's work and it's definitely my purpose and my soul's happy place. And I'm sure most of the listeners could agree with me about this for sure. Today we talked to Karen of Sycamore and Pine, an experienced furniture finisher she has been painting for many years. Karen shares with us how she has overcome personal and family health challenges. Stay tuned for an inspiring, helpful, and encouraging interview. Hi, Karen. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hi, Lane. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Well, as always, I'd like to start our interview by asking you to tell us about you and your family. All right. Well, my name is Karen, first of all. I'm 37 years old. I have been married for 14 years, um, actually been with my husband since I was 16. <laughs> so wow. um, he is, yeah, he's very supportive and he's very helpful with this whole business venture I have going here. So um, I want to thank him for always being there for me. And I have two boys, Sage is 12 and Avon is 10. And they are, I know everyone says this, but they are just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful kids. Um, they're super smart and talented and just very thoughtful, very thoughtful boys. Um, so I'm very proud of them. And I cannot forget to mention, I have a one-year-old Great Dane puppy and his name is Spruce. And if you can kind of see by the theme of my dog's name and the name of my business, Sycamore and Pine, I really love trees. So um, they give me a lot of inspiration every day. Um, and I live along the creek, so I have a ton of pine trees and a few giant sycamores. So that's also where my name stemmed from. I bet that's beautiful. It is. It is. It's, it's nice when I can actually work on pieces outside because it's really nice. Yeah, I think that's why so many look forward to the spring as well, because, you know, you have to work inside during the winter months. And when it's nice and beautiful out, you you uh, you get out there and you take those pieces outside and you work on them out there. Yes, for sure. And I live in Buffalo, New York. So during the winter, you definitely can't work on anything outside. <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> that doesn't work out so well. Yeah, congratulations on all that. That's that's really uh, sweet to to uh, learn more about you and your family. You know, there probably isn't a furniture refinisher out there that would say they don't enjoy refinishing. Certainly for most, the love of painting and refinishing compelled them into the business world of painting and selling furniture. The benefit of this career or hobby is the therapeutic nature of painting. I know you would second that as I understand you struggle with some health issues and painting aided in overcoming them. Tell us about that, Karen. Sure. So for me, painting, it's definitely a form of therapy. I am a highly sensitive person. And what that means is I have a highly tuned nervous system. So it makes me feel things with more intensity than maybe the average person would. And this is actually a trait that 20% of the population carries. So I'm sure some that are listening are nodding their head as I'm speaking. Um, so things like noises, um, intense smells, bright lights, temperatures, things like that um, can be overwhelming for me. And um, I process things emotionally 
very deeply as well. So this has kind of led me to have, you know, issues with anxiety and depression during my lifetime. And I didn't always realize that I was a super sensitive person. I think as a kid, I was just really empathetic and I would cry a lot and stuff like that. But I just, and I didn't realize that this is just the way that I am. So um, combining that with, you know, having a negative body image growing up and low self-esteem, I developed an eating disorder in my early teens. And they are mental illnesses, which is something that a lot of people don't realize too. So having this disorder, it helped me cope with my feelings and my anxieties. And it was an escape, you could say, from life. And um, I'm in a much better place today. But I did struggle for a long time with disordered eating after, years after um, my anorexia was under control. So when I started painting, which has been almost seven years now, so I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of one of the older folks out here in the, re, you know, refinishing world. But, um, it just really boosted my self-esteem and it just takes me out of my head and puts me into my body, if that makes sense. So I'm putting my energy into something meaningful and productive instead of, you know, focusing on my body and things like that. And I just started craving that time of day where I could get creative, put the brush in my hand, you know, taking something abandoned and old and giving it a new purpose. And there's just something so therapeutic and cathartic that happens to me when I start working on a piece and transforming it back into something, you know, that will live a second life. So this is my heart's work and it's definitely my purpose and my soul's happy place. And I'm sure most of the listeners could agree with me about this for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, who introduced you? Did somebody introduce you to furniture painting specifically or how did you get into the furniture finishing side of painting? Well, I've always been pretty creative. I've never considered myself an artist or anything like that. I, you know, I've never painted on canvas or anything like that. But mm -hmm. as a kid, I loved drawing and just, you know, it's always, again, naturally, I think it's just something that soothed me, you know, without thinking about it too much. But mm -hmm. um, as far as furniture goes, I remember just buying a piece at a garage sale and I just was like, oh, this would be fun to just give it a different color. And I, I think it was like just a nightstand that had like a marble top and I painted it yellow, which looking back, I don't know where that came from, but I painted it yellow and I had it in my living room and just didn't really think anything about it. I wasn't, you know, oh, this is fun. I'll keep doing it. It just kind of sat there. And then I don't know, just over time, I just kind of started getting things here and there, whether it was from family, like hand-me-down furniture and stuff like that. And I just was like, how could I make this something that's more suited for my home? Um, but it really, it's just, it's developed organically over time. You know, it didn't start off as a business. It was more of like a hobby for me. You know, I stayed home with my kids and raised them. And so sometimes, you know, you're looking for something else to do other than clean the house and cook and clean yeah. up toys. Yeah. It just kind of naturally evolved. Do you remember getting a lot of encouragement from others after you did those first few pieces? Not too much because we didn't live close to our family. So I didn't really have many, you know, coming to the house and seeing things before and after, you know, they just kind of would show mm -hmm. up and something was there and they didn't really say anything about it. <laughs> but, um, but then I started having friends that, you know, would ask me, do you want this? I'm going to get rid of this. And so, you know, those pieces that people had given me, they sure were like, 
oh, wow, that looks so cool. Like you did a really good job. So I think that kind of planted the seed, you know, I was starting to be like, oh, maybe, maybe this is something that I would enjoy doing more often. I always think it's so interesting um, in the conversations that we've had with furniture finishers that the vast majority of them, you know, didn't necessarily have a artistic career before they got into furniture refinishing. Um, They they saw that they had, you know, some, uh, you know, some abilities early on. Maybe as a child, they liked to to draw and paint, as, as you mentioned, but also just, just, it's like this door opened up when they got into the uh, furniture finishing that uh, this creativity just sort of exploded. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's really neat to see that and to see just tremendous talent. That's why I've always find it fascinating when we ask, you know, do you have a creative background? What, what is your background? And, and to find out that most really just, it just developed as they got into the furniture finishing side of it. So that's exciting to see that. I just want to say, I think what's worth mentioning is there is so many like talented refinishers as, as you've already mentioned, but everyone's style is so unique. I mean, you can scroll yeah. through Instagram and just, I'm, I'm, my jaw drops every day and I'm just like that. Oh my gosh. Like I could do that, but I never thought of doing that. That's really like a clever <laughs> idea. Just the things that people do. And I think it's, it is an art. It's definitely an art. And just to be able to have that ability, like, you know, many people in their job don't have that ability to just be like, Hmm, let me see what I can do. It's kind of black and white. You have to do it this way or that way. So this is just, it's a gift that many people have that I don't think they realize until they, you know, have that chance to just Mm -hmm. kind of just let the brush go or just, you know, get creative and see what they make. And it's really, it's really amazing. So I, I commend everyone who does this because I think it's, it's hard work, but it's, it's super fun. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, I don't take it for granted every day when I get to paint for sure. Well, I think that's why it's so rewarding as well, because it is a lot of hard work. And, but then when you get done with it, you see, you know, what a beautiful piece it is and and really a long lasting piece that will be passed down for years to come. Well, I'd like to transition our discussion into chemicals and painting and refinishing. I know your kids had some health issues as well that were related to chemical sensitivities. Uh, If you would tell us about those challenges and what you did about it. Sure. So when my youngest son was three, so this was about seven years ago, he started having seizures. At the time, I don't think I was even having thoughts about painting furniture yet or anything, but these just came out of nowhere. We had no idea what was going on. So we were really scared, of course, and, you know, saw a neurologist. They did lots of tests. They all came back normal. So we were just really stumped, like, what is going on? So I really started to kind of think about maybe some things that had changed in the home, like is he, you know, eating different stuff, whatever. And the only thing I could really set my my head on was, okay, we just were painting our house. So we were painting like all the walls in the house and probably just using some commercial paint, you know. I really just was like, wow, it's got to be, it could be the chemicals in the paint, you know, off-gassing and such. So this just kind of sent me on a path of, looking for replacement products, alternative products that I could use in the home to make it as clean as possible. And, you know, I'm, I'm very sensitive to smells myself, as we talked about earlier. So I was like, maybe this just, you know, kind of triggered him too to have some reaction. And, you know, shortly after I made 
you know, a lot of these adjustments and, you know, some minor changes to his diet and stuff, the seizures just kind of stopped. You know, that was sort of the point where I made it my mission. And it's now the foundation of my business is to use, you know, the safest and most eco-friendly products that I can find and afford. And, mm-hmm. you know, now since I work out of my home too, it's even more important for me. And it's not even an option for me to use anything but those kind of products. So, you know, seven years ago, not as much stuff out there. Um, and when I first started painting, I was not on Instagram. So I didn't have all these, you know, connections and advice and information from other people. So it was more or less like, what can I find locally or on Amazon, basically? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I may do with the things that I could find, but over time, like now there's so much out there that I can use a lot of most everything that comes on the market. And so, um, yeah, that's sort of my niche in the furniture refinishing world um, is that I can call myself an eco-friendly refinisher. So it's something I'm really proud of because it's a little bit different than maybe um, the average refinisher. So you, you really spend a lot of time researching. I did. I did spend a lot of time um, definitely trying to find things that worked and you know, maybe there were things, but I just didn't really care for them. You know, I tried the chalk paint when it first started and I'm like, I don't know, this just isn't my thing. And it was really tough to try to um, mimic a lot of the products that were popular, but make them eco-friendly. So did a lot of kind of trial and error and experimenting on different pieces. And like I said, now I'm, I'm really happy with a lot of the products that are out there. And I have a bunch listed if you want me to share them. <laughs> yeah, feel free. I know. Um... The fact that you've spent time researching and and actually you know and having to to go through this with you, you said your younger son. I sound, I assume he's doing really well now. Oh yeah, he's totally fine. And he did have like a huge um, intellectual growth spurt after the seizures stopped. Um, like I said, mm-hmm. he's I call him gifted. <laughs> he's just very bright, um, and his memory is like impeccable. But <laughs> I, I I really strongly feel in my heart like. We had a small house too, so you can only imagine like a small house. Like we just painted like pretty much every wall in the house. Like mm-hmm. and he's three, so he's this little body, you know. Like that's that had to have an impact on what he was experiencing. So and and like a lot of these products that I use now, they're you know you could have your baby in a little seat next to you while you're painting, and that's just amazing to me, right? Because as a mom and working from home or just doing this for fun, like. You got to work when you have a chance, right? Like you, you got to work with what you have time-wise. So it's really awesome to have products that are safe to use right in your home. Like that you can sit there right on the kitchen floor with your baby next to you and not even worry that it could be affecting their health down the road. So Yeah, and that has a huge, huge impact on stress, you know, um, being stress-free. You know, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's start with the cleaning and stripping side of uh, furniture and feel free to <clears throat> you tell us you know what you use and then we'll we'll go from cleaning and stripping into painting so um what do you use when it comes to cleaning and stripping the the furniture the very first thing i do is vacuum the piece before it even goes in my house i try to get it vacuumed because you just don't know especially some of these old pieces you don't know where they've been <laughs> what's mm-hmm. been sitting on top of them etc but I, I do. I love the mystery and the history, I call it. Um, but I always vacuum first, you know, dirt, 
maybe some spiders, get them out, whatever. And then I sometimes I just clean with like warm water and mm-hmm. let it sit out in the sun, um, especially if you have a piece that might have a little bit of a smell to it. The sun is an amazing cleaner alone. So just having it sit out in the sun to dry it back out is is really easy to do if you have that ability. Um, and I also use some other non-toxic cleaners like crud cutter and I think the name of the other one off the top of my head. But I use crud cutter pretty much most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then if I don't have that, I'll just use some of like my all natural like dish soap or something like really diluted down. That pretty much takes care of most of it. The crud cutter is good because it does take off like grease and things like that. So if the piece is a little heavily um, soiled, then then I will definitely use that instead of just water. And as far as stripping goes, I, I have used citrus strip. I find that to be the best one that is the safest um, and actually works. I've only used it a couple of times. I'm not, I'm really not big on the stripping process. It's just very messy and it's time consuming. And I'm, I'll admit it, I'm very impatient. (laughs) So (laughs) I recently invested in a new sander, a fest tool. And that thing is definitely my favorite tool that I have. I just bought the, the most basic one, but it is a thousand times better than the sander I had previously. So I hook that up to my HEPAVAC, and if I really want to get down to the bare wood, I just turn that thing on, and I just do it that way. I think it's cleaner, and it takes less time than stripping, in my opinion, and it's just my preferred method for getting down to bare wood if that's what I want to do, and that's pretty much all I do as far as cleaning and you know prepping the piece for paint or stain. What about paint? What paint are you using? I use several paints now. I have many favorites. Um, so Old Barn Milk Paint is a really great product. And they also make a stain. This is the only stain that I use. It's called One Step Stain. It does not require a top coat. It's all built in. Um, it has no odor whatsoever, non-toxic. Again, you could use it right in the kitchen. So that is my go-to stain if I don't just use like hemp oil or something over raw wood and I'm looking for another color, they're my go-to. And they also make milk paint, which I use as well. Chacto Interiors milk paint, of course. And this mustard seed milk paint are also favorites of mine. And the Chippy Barn is probably my most used paint um, at this time because I love I just love the application. It's smooth. It doesn't require a lot of coats. I don't know. The first time I used it, I just was kind of hooked. <laughs> so I use that a lot. And I can't go without mentioning a brand of paint that I started using probably three or four years ago. And they're called Quiet Home Paints. And they are not just a furniture paint. Um, I use their paints in my home. They are zero VOC no solvents, um, et cetera. And the best part about using them is they can match any paint, like any commercial company paint. So if I have a client that wants a specific color, that is what I will do. I will order through them and use their paint on pieces. So that, you know, I think finding them was a lifesaver. They are definitely um, my go-to for all my custom color pieces. Well, let's take some time to discuss a few of your pieces. You you can check out these pieces on Karen's Instagram account, which we'll share later. 
as well, we have them featured on our Instagram account under April 26th. This first piece is what you refer to as a massive buffet painted in white. You mentioned on it uh, that it was out of your comfort zone. Explain why you said that and tell us about this piece. Sure. So yes, it is very large. Um, it is still for sale. So if you do see it and you live locally, um, you're welcome to come and see it. But it, um, yeah, I didn't realize when I went to go see it that it was as big as it was. But when I saw it, I just knew, okay, I really want to work on this because it was unique. You know, it had the mirror intact still and it just was in really good shape. So this one I painted in country chic paint, which this was my first time using them. I, I do love to try new products. So um, that one I actually used in a color. It's called Sunday Tea. It's more of a, um, I'd say more of an off-white. It's, it's definitely not a stark white. The reason it was sort of out of my comfort zone is because I did use like a stencil with textured paint on the side. I got a little more crafty with this one than I normally do. But it ended up turning out really nice. Um, it's, it's definitely something that I think I'll explore more using stencils and stuff in the future. But this, this one I definitely put a lot of labor into because it had a little more veneer damage than I thought um, when I first, you know, when I first looked at it. And I think, like, again, I'll, a lot of us can relate. You know, we see a little piece of veneer sticking up and we're like, all right, this will be easy. You know, we start peeling away and then we get halfway in and we're like, oh my gosh, why did I even get started on this? <laughs> um, so that's sort of how this one started. It was like, oh, this is great. And it just kept peeling off. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, hours in and, you know, bleeding fingertips and not so happy with my decision. But I didn't give up. Nonetheless, I, you know, perceived and it ended up turning out really nice. I'm very proud of it. So um, I did add also some fun glass knobs and a nice um, pretty flower paper inside too. And this one was sealed with the Chippy Barnes Lilac Wax. And this one is kind of special to me because I had commented on a post at some point, this was probably at least a month ago, someone was using, I believe, their lemongrass wax. And I just made the comment like, oh, it'd be so cool if you had a lilac wax. And then they contacted me and they're like, we're making a lilac wax. So I just, I think that's cool that they listened and they, you know, wanted to, to try to make that. So I use that like on everything. It smells so good. It's very nostalgic. It kind of takes me back to my childhood and I'm just really happy that they, they decided to do that. Yeah, but that smells great. It does. <laughs> do you have any idea how old this uh, particular piece is? I don't, you know, I try to ask when I buy pieces, like if they have any information on the piece, um, this woman did not. She, you know, she lived by herself in like a small apartment and she was kind of getting ready to, I think, move out of state. So mm -hmm. she was selling a lot of her stuff and she's like, I really don't. I know I've had it for a long time, but I don't really know where it came from, etc. So that I don't know. I really don't have a good gauge on, you know, age wise, how old a piece is. I'm not, I'm actually not that good at that. <laughs> so... <laughs> I know it's antique for sure, but I just don't know how yeah. old. Well, this next piece was a vintage radio cabinet. Turned out to be quite stunning, I might add. I understand it required a great deal of work. Tell us about uh, this piece. So this was actually given to me by a good friend that lives locally. She also refinishes pieces, and she just wanted me to have it. She said, I know you can do something with this, and I just want you to have it. So 
Um, I said, okay. And I took it and it kind of sat there for a while. I just wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. And then one day I was just like, you know what? It's going to be blue. And it was painted not that long ago. So it's still part of the Zebra Diaries blue themed month. And I chose to use the Chateau Interiors Deep Sea Blue. So it's like a rich navy. It's gorgeous. And um, so the whole piece got painted with that. And I decided to add some shelving inside because it was an old radio cabinet and it just didn't have all the contents inside anymore. So I had to um, make some shelves for that. And those I used my favorite stain, which is the old barn milk paint in black coffee. And then I added some really fun kind of retro paper in the back and some new hardware as well. And this one too, it was, it was definitely not as labor intensive as the buffet, but it had, um, you know, again, some veneer issues that I had to address, but I, I just couldn't let it, you know, I couldn't let it sit there any longer. It needed to, it needed to move on and it actually sold the day that I listed it. It was wow. a very popular piece. Well, what a great example of taking something and repurposing it because this is, uh, it's really beautiful. I hope everybody will take the time to, to check out these two pieces. Well, Karen, I've really enjoyed talking with you today and we really appreciate you sharing about your life and the struggles you've had uh, in overcoming partially due to the benefits of painting. And that's exciting and we are so glad that you are doing well. I know our listeners also gleaned from your insights into avoiding harmful chemicals and painting and refinishing. Uh, share, if you would, Karen, with our listeners, your contact information as well as your Instagram account. Sure. So if you want to get a hold of me through email, you can reach me at sycamoreandpine at gmail.com. And my Instagram is sycamore underscore and underscore pine. And then you can just find me on Facebook, too, um, at Sycamore and Pine. And um, yeah, if you just want to reach out and talk paint or furniture or you want to connect about some of the issues that we discussed today, too, I'm, I'm definitely here for an ear for that. Well, thanks again for your time today, Karen. You have a great day. You as well. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blogs Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com, along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing.